Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you, big book study. My name is Janice, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Thursday, January 2nd, 2014. Today we are reading from the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, and we are on page 5. We are on the fourth paragraph down on that page that begins, I woke up. Today's readers are Nancy T, Katie F, Julie R, Kathy K, 12 Steps Marietta, 12 Traditions Do. Oh, I pre oh, the reference number for yesterday, which was Wednesday, January 1st, is 5682. That's 5682. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book Study, our message that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I would now like to ask Marietta to please read the 12 steps. Good morning, Marietta. The 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food and that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood Him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people whenever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we try to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Marietta. I'd now like to ask you to please read the 12 traditions. Good morning, a vision for you. This is Stu, um, Recover Compulsive Overeater. The 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purposes, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. 
Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend an OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never to be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Pass. Thank you, Du. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year, and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone, except the speakers, should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book, and we are on page 5 in Bill's story. We are on the fourth paragraph down on that page, beginning, I woke up. And this morning, I would like to ask Nancy T. to please get us started. Good morning. Thank you. This is Nancy T., compulsive overeater in Lewiston, Idaho. I woke up. This had to be stopped. I saw I could not take so much as one drink. I was through forever. Before then, I had written lots of sweet promises, but my wife happily observed that this time I meant business. And so I did. You know, I don't don't think I have to... um, share a whole lot on this. I mean, it's just, isn't that the story? I know I've heard many other people tell this same story of of how many times I wanted to stop um, and believed I could. You know, here I heard on the second sentence, this had to be stopped, which tells me Bill wanted to stop by this time. 
he um, said that he had to stop. And he wanted to stop and couldn't take so much as one drink. And I remember being in that place. I realized, you know, I started making promises at about, oh, I don't know, probably 30, 40 pounds overweight. And my disease took me when I hit my bottom. I was a little over 200 pounds overweight. So my promises started early. And they got, and I, I really meant them. And um, I didn't have a significant other or a spouse that um, I was raising a, my daughter by myself. And she would even believe me, you know. And she would encourage me, Mom, you can do it, you can do it, you know. Um, every time I would make these kinds of promises. Um, and that was like in this paragraph at this time, I still believed it as Bill did because, you know, and he said, and so I did. He He really meant business. But it didn't take long before I got later in my disease where I would say the words, but I knew deep down that I wasn't going to be able to do it. And, you know, that resolve for me um, usually lasted until about the time it took me to get hungry. And then there goes that resolve, you know. Um, it's easy when I'm at the end of a bender, at the end of a binge, to say I'm done, I'm through forever. But then as soon as I get hungry again, that immediately that resolve starts to weaken. And um, as I've read Bill's story, I see that that's kind of what happens to him. You know, in the early days, he was able to get a period of um, maybe a few days, a few weeks, or even a few months under his belt. But um, it got less and less, and that's what happened with me. I could get some time. There were times where I even got, you know, six months under my belt, but it was always, I was always focused on the food. And I realized once when I finally hit my bottom and, and made the decision um, that I was going to put the food down and keep it down, I was introduced to the big book in a way that I had never been before. And I started to read more about Lyme disease and the doctor's opinion, recognizing that the food isn't what my focus needed to be on. That wasn't my problem. My problem was a lack of power. And that I was told that if I read this big book and followed the directions in the big book, um, then I would be able to find that power. And that, you know, so far today, thank you, God, I managed to um, not uh, pick up. And so great paragraph, um, great reading. I love this part of the big book. Um, I can relate to it. And thank you for allowing me to be of service with that. I'll pass. Thank you, Nancy. And just a reminder to everybody to please stay muted unless it is your turn to speak so that we have a quiet recording and a quiet meeting. Thanks so much, everybody. Now, would anybody like to comment on this paragraph? Alina and Alina, may I comment? Lorena. Oh, my goodness. Lovely. Okay. Let's see if I can get this. Um, I heard Eileen. And yes. then please, again, tell, tell me Alina. Paula. Paula from Florida. Katie Z. Okay. Lauren. Katie Z. Okay, who else? Lauren S. from Pittsburgh. Laura? Lauren. And I'm, Lauren. Lauren. And am I missing anybody else? Well, let's start there. And we'll start with Eileen. Thanks, Janice. This is Eileen, compulsive overeater from Massachusetts. I'm so grateful to be on this meeting this morning. Um, I woke up. Uh, after 18 years, I woke up. Um, I, I wanted to stop. Um, and Bill says, this had to be stopped. I wanted to stop, but I couldn't. The physical allergy and the mental obsession with the food had me by the throat. But this time, 
um, the surrender that I had to make is what it, it meant business. I finally had hit my bottom, like Nancy was just talking about. You know, uh, it wasn't so much the food. It was the lack of power and the obsession I had with the food. That's where the progression took me. Um, and I'm so grateful. I, I Honestly, I don't know where I would be today if I didn't have the 12 steps to work in my life and the fellowship of Overages Anonymous. Um, I definitely uh, had, had come to what Bill says. He had written lots of sweet promises I definitely, every Sunday morning or every weekend, or this is it, I'm not going to do it, blah, blah, blah. And by the time the afternoon or evening come, came, I was binging my brains out. You know, but thank you, God, I got the willingness to finally surrender the sugar and the flour. And um, no one was there for me to help me do it. The, the, it had to come from within. It has to come from within you. Your husband, your spouse, your friends, your sister, they can't do it for you. You have to do it for you. So I'm grateful. And I'll pass. Thanks, Janice. Thank you, Eileen. And go ahead, Paula. And thank you. Uh, Can you hear me at this point? I can hear you just fine. Oh, well, thank you. (laughs) Just fine is better than what most uh, most days. Now, it's not here. I woke up, and you know, that's what we did in the morning, but the first thing he wanted to do, not start into the day, he looked at it. This had to be stopped. Oh, that firm resolution. This has to be stopped. I saw I could not take so much as one drink. He's still at that place that I was, thinking it was just the food. Well, I just won't eat. That's it. I was through forever. You know, I've written journals after journals after journals. Well, especially coming into the new year, a new week, oh, Monday, a new day, always the same. Didn't change. And that was it. There was no change. There was no change. But it ended with, and I I just, I love this part, lots of sweet promises, not even promises that were just often sweet. They were sweet promises. Oh, no more. Doesn't that sound wonderful? Doesn't it sound sweet to think no more of this? That wasn't so, though. But my but it ends with, my wife happily observed this time, I meant business, and so I did. As they have said many times on the line, if you took a lie detector test, you would pass it. For you see, that was the truth that you couldn't live up to. Because see, we lived a lie. Thank you for allowing me to share with that I do pass. Thank you, Paula. And Katie G. Good morning, everyone. Thank you so much for your service. Good morning. This is Katie G, Recovered Compulsive Overeater from Snowy Boston. Grateful to be here, absent and sober on the line. And, um, yeah, I, I wrote, I had, I said, made so many 
promises, which are declarations or assurances. And I loved um, what a previous speaker said that, you know, I really believed that. I really felt like, yeah, I'm going to stop now. Like, food is the problem. Weight is the problem. As soon as I get this little problem with food and weight under my control, you know, I can do, I'll be okay. And notice all the eyes in it. Lack of power, that is my dilemma. And, you know, it says on page 44, if when you honestly want to, you find you cannot quit entirely, or if when drinking you have little control over the amount you take, you are probably a compulsive overeater, alcoholic. And that's true. Like, I didn't know, just like Bill and his story, I didn't know that if me and the food are in the ring, you know, and I'm trying to overcome this allergy of the body and the obsession of the mind, I am always going to lose. And so what happened for me is that I made lots of promises. I went on lots of diets. I said, I'm going to pull myself up by my bootstraps. And it wasn't until I was hopelessly defeated. It wasn't until I said, you know what? I can't do it. I don't, I don't have the power within to change anything. I can't do it no matter how many. And it, was, it went against, like, my DNA, right? Because, like, I grew up in this household where it was like, you want something, you make a decision to, you know, or you, you, you make a decision that this is what you're going to go after, and you just do it no matter what. It doesn't matter no matter what. And I had, for the first time, I came up against the problem that I was hopelessly defeated. And just like Bill is in this paragraph, like, I didn't know it. I did not know that I was hopelessly defeated until time after time after time after time after time again, and I had nothing else in my life to hold on to. And all I knew bring drudging my tail into Overeaters Anonymous was that what I was doing had failed. And I had no choice but to try this program. And thank God, thank God that I had the privilege of trying this program and didn't go on to the bitter end. You know, and today, thank you God, I know that lack of power is my dilemma and that I must live every day as if God is everything. That is my choice. And to do that, I have to stay abstinent and stay active in this wonderful, wonderful program. And if you're new and you're identifying um, and you're listening to the meeting for the first time, you know, welcome. This program has the opportunity to change, will give you the opportunity to see your entire life change if you want it, if you do it. Thanks so much. Thank you, Katie. And go ahead, Lauren. Hi, this is Lauren as the recovered compulsive overeater from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And here in this part of the book, we're still very early. We're still very early in the book. So we're on page five of Bill's story. I wrote this in my big book through the uh, workshop I went through. Use the first half of Bill's story, page eight, page one through eight, as a tool to try and relate your um, binging life to Bill's alcoholic life, putting aside the differences. Look for the similarities and underline what you can relate to, how he thought, how he felt, and how he used the toxic substance. So, oh, this, I'm, I'm just really enjoying this meeting. Oh, my goodness. And it's, what time is it? It's only seven something. I underlined this had to be stopped. I saw I could not take so much as one bite. I had written lots of sweet promises. And um, I think most of our stories are all the same. This had to be stopped. We were trying to control it. Well, 
if you're trying to control something, you cannot. We could not take as much as one bite. Um, lots of sweet promises. Oh my goodness gracious, we have all, we all relate on that experience. Finally, after the last sentence, and so I did. I was told to write in my big book. Did I still think I could control it? Food or the situations in my life? Well, absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, thank you, all pass. Thank you, Lauren. Good morning. This is Bella. Can I share? Uh, was it Luanne? Leanne from Florida. Leanne. Go ahead, Leanne, and then Bella. Hi, Leanne. Recovered for today, and I um, this just points out to me the progression how in the beginning Bill didn't see drink as a problem. It was just an exhilaration and there you know, it was just an exciting part of his life. It just was not a problem. And then it starts becoming a problem, but he still didn't really have that much want to to quit. You know, and um it says in the big book about um young people how a lot of them don't have a desire to quit while there still is time and the importance of us trying to raise the bottom for them or tell them our experiences that hopefully they will want to quit before they have to reach their bottom. And then it progresses um, to say that it, it became more and more of a problem and he starts to want to stop, and now he's at the place where he really wants to stop it. He just can't. And, um, you know, the line was crossed, and it, and it's, you know, it shows me that he's the kind of drinker as I am, eater, um, with all... It was everything in me wanting to stop it. And only a spiritual awakening and spiritual power is the only thing that's going to get me to stop and to turn around. And um, not everybody's in that class. I have seen people. Um, I work with somebody, and she just decided to stop. And um, it works. You know, it can work for a long period of time with you know with regular people who don't need spiritual power to stop. Maybe they don't have the allergy of the body. Maybe they don't have the obsession. I don't know. But um, I, and this was pointed out to me by my sponsor, if you're, she said, if you're like me, if you're somebody who absolutely needs spiritual power to turn this around, then this book is for you. And that's what I'm seeing here with Bill, you know, how first he didn't want to, and maybe he had a chance to quit before he crossed that line. I, I don't know. But it seems like, you know, once we cross that line of obsession and that, that brain pattern is started in our heads, that whatever chemistry takes place that makes us think a certain way over and over, then only God, only God can um, help us change. And I like the way his story really drives that home, you know, the way we really see here his, like, absolute, complete desire to stop. He'll do anything, anything, and... um you know, it's a, a great, like we said before, a great story of the progression of the disease. So with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Leanne. And go ahead, Bella. Thank you. Bella. Good morning. My name is Bella, and I am a thankful recovered compulsive overeater. Thank you, Janice, for leading this meeting, and thank you very much, everybody that is on the line. Wow, I love this paragraph because... In this paragraph, I start to understand what is the disease, what is the the root of the problem, um, and we we I get the feeling that this Bill is a very smart guy, 
Um, it looks like he has a very good relationship with his wife, and still he cannot stop drinking. It's nothing to do with him. It's nothing to do with his willpower. And this is what I am. Yes, till before the program, I was blaming myself. Yes, I am. I don't have a willpower. I don't want really to stop. Thank God. Thank God now that I am in the program, it's a relief. Yes, I cannot stop by myself. I cannot, and it's nothing to do with me. It's nothing to do with with my power. It's nothing to do with my control. Yes, I need a higher power. I need God to help me to stop it. Yes, this is the disease. It doesn't mean that I have to live with this forever. The solution is that, thank God, I have now tools to learn how to live with this. Yes, and I can live with my disease. I can live with my disease in honesty, in freedom, in joy. I just need to have the willpower to let God into my life because me by myself, I cannot do. I can do it by myself. I need the power of, of God. I need the power of acceptance. And as soon as I... I feel the trust that God trusts me. Then when, you know, I don't need to do these promises because the promises is nothing for me. I cannot do those promises. I can only choose to be connected to God to be able to live with my disease. Thank you very much, and I, I pass. Thank you, Bella. Well, this is Janice, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. So here we are in Bill's story, you know, and, and what has Bill been coming to to get to this point? You know, the, the previous pages have told us that the fierce determination to win came back, but his drinking caught up with him again. Then he had no real employment for five years or hardly drew a sober breath, and yet he thought he could control it. And there were even job opportunities, and he still could not stop. So we get to this paragraph, and he says, I woke up. This had to be stopped. I saw I could not take so much as one drink. Well, we're going to learn, and as we go through this book, that self-knowledge availed us nothing. I had all the self-knowledge in the world. I had the knowledge of my own experience. I had the knowledge of everything that had been happening to me. And I don't know about you, but by the end of my eating, every day I was at this place. This had to be stopped. I could see it had to be stopped. I wanted it to stop. I was through forever. Today is going to be the day I stopped. And over and over and over again, even the people around me that would say, wow, this time she really means business. This time she's really got a plan together. This time she's writing it down that she's going to stop. You know, I meant business. I did. I did mean business. And at the point that I said that to myself, 
the point that I looked at my experience, I saw I could not eat so much as one of those things in my that were binge foods to me. I saw that. I saw it clearly. I had deep self-knowledge, but that could not help me. Just like Bill, I was at that point. And his wife, oh, can you imagine how many times they had been at this point? But she saw something this time. She saw he meant business. She saw that he really, really wanted to stop. But we can see what's going to happen. You know, Bill is like me. I am like Bill in that I have a disease that progresses. And no much, no matter how much willpower I throw at it, no matter how deep I dig, no matter how clearly I see it, self-knowledge was not going to be what would turn the tide here. And with that, I'll pass. Would anyone else like to share before we move Hello? to the next paragraph? Hello? Go ahead. Hi. Good yeah? morning. Thanks, Janice, for your service. This is Sippy from Canada, Recovered Compulsive Overeater. Oh, boy, um, I can really identify into this. And um, I was here. I saw I could not take as much as one bite, and I wrote all those promises, and I did all that. And like I learned on this line from the speaker meetings, this this program is not for those who need it and not for those who want it, but for those who do it. And um, until I ceased fighting anyone or anything and surrendered my three white flags, me, myself, and I, and turned them in for G-O-D, good orderly direction, and thoroughly followed the steps. And until I do that every single day, I just have a daily reprieve. That's, you know, when I when the promises come true for me and... That's and it can be like that for everyone. So whoever's on the line, all the words in the book when it says entire abstinence and entire psychic change, that can come true when we do this program. We do it entirely. And with that, I pass. Thank you, everyone on the line. Thank you, Sippy. Well, let's move on to the next paragraph. And Katie, Naomi, yes, could I you share? Read that? Um, we'll, we'll move. Go ahead, Katie. Let's read this next paragraph, and then and then we'll have time to share. Thank you. Good morning. This is Katie, a recovered compulsive reader in Virginia. Shortly afterward, I came home drunk. There had been no fight. Where had been my high resolve? I simply didn't know. It hadn't even come to mind. Someone had pushed a drink my way, and I had taken it. Was I crazy? I began to wonder, for such an appalling lack of perspective seemed near being just that. So he has uh, woken up. He knows that he has to stop. And this is the first time that he realizes that his knowledge that he needs to stop, his desire to stop, his willingness to stop, his determination to stop, all of those things are not enough he still picked up that drink. So that power has to come not from within himself. It has to come from God. And that was my experience. I 
was in OA for six years and thought I knew it all. Um, I'd done four steps. I'd cleaned house. I'd worked on, you know, resentment and worked on character defects. And I uh, was, you know, just determined that this program was going to work, and yet I could never stay abstinent. Um, so it's, the self-knowledge is not enough for any of us. It wasn't enough for Bill. It's not enough for me. There has to be a power greater than myself who's going to um, point me in the direction that I need to go. And sometimes it's not what I want. Sometimes life isn't easy and a bed of roses. And that's when, um, you know, I have to lean in further into my program and into my higher power. Because my thinking is going to convince me that this one time is not going to hurt me. And, you know, where had been his resolve? He, he left that at home and he didn't even realize it. So, you know, we're going to learn that all of his head knowledge isn't ever going to help him. This isn't a, a self-help program. It's not... Um, dieting with group support because eventually when push comes to shove, if that's what your program is based on, you will fail. Uh, it has to be a, a based on a relationship with your higher power, however you uh, define that, so that when push comes to shove, you have the um, strength to not listen to the disease that tells you it won't hurt you this time. And with that, I'll pass. Excuse me. Could the chairperson please mute the phone? There's someone eating. Thank you. Thank you, Katie. I so appreciate your, your sharing on that paragraph. And now, Naomi, would you like to share? Yes, thank you. Thank you, Janice. Thank you for your service. Um, I can so attest to these paragraphs. This is just overwhelming, and it just tells um, exactly of my life. And I even went as far as having the uh, the lap band surgery. And with something like something with the lap band surgery, um, um, you know, this was just this was something that I figured that would cure me forever. But then again, here we go. Shortly afterward, I came home drunk. And even with the lap band surgery, okay, fine. I couldn't have the large uh, volume of food as I, concept, as I consumed, but I was able to have a lot of small, small portions to the point where this band, after an adjustment in the doctor's office, I went back and, and um, I had a red ring around it. I got an infection. Thankfully, the doctor turned on me, and because of that, because if he had tightened, tightened the band, um, before I came into program, my stomach would have said, no, I can't take any more food, but my, my brain would be raging. And and this just goes on about this uh, this disease, this obsession of the, of the, the body and the allergy, the obsession of the mind and the allergy of the body. And I, I cannot thank you enough. Um, I'm going into 29 months of abstinence, and I just, um, I can honestly say I'm recovered. So with that, I pass. Thank you for allowing me to share. Thank you, Naomi. Would anyone like to share on this paragraph? Yes, it's Janice. Leah. Yeah, yeah. Um, I heard Leah. And who was right before Leah? Janice. Janice and Sharon. Okay, Janice, Leah, and Sharon. 
Well, thank you, Janice. Thank you. My name is Janice, again, and I am a uh, grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. You see, the last two paragraphs prior to this tells us everything, and it is talking about the obsession of the mind. In other words, when he was in this promising business opportunity, you know, somebody mentioned, like we heard yesterday, that there was some new new liquor out, and, you know, no thinking at all. His mind, just like that. He wasn't sad. He wasn't happy. He wasn't hungry. He just picked it up. And what happened? That set up the allergy. You see, he, he was doing, <laughs> he picked the drink up and the allergy was started. Now, he had so much resolve, okay, but yet it's, he still picked it up. It hadn't even come to mind even with all his commitments and all his promises to himself. See, this distinguishes an alcoholic, a compulsive overeater, um, from a non-compulsive overeater. A non-compulsive overeater will say, okay, you know, I know I can't drink or I'm going to stop. But we can't do that. Why? Because we do not have any defense against that first drink. And we don't even think. It doesn't. It, it, it just happens like that. So there's something missing. That's why he's he's you know he's questioning his sanity because guess what? It's insane. It's insane to go through all that Bill has gone through and still somebody passes him a, a new drink that he hasn't tried and he picks it up. Then he comes home, he gets drunk, and there again, oh boy, can I identify? And then oh, this is it. I really really not going to eat any more of that. You know, um, instead of when we're recovered and we have that defense, the power. The, you know, um, Christmas we went out to, to a, a wonderful dinner and somebody said to me, Janice, why don't you go look at the dessert bar? And I said, I don't have to look at the dessert bar. I know and tasted everything that's on there without even being there. You know, I don't have to go look at it. <laughs> I know what's there, and I've tasted probably everything that's on it. So you see, that's the difference between having a defense, whom I call my higher, whom my higher powers call God, than not having any defense against that first drink. And I found that power through the twelve steps. Thank you very much, Janice, and I pass. Thank you, Janice, and go ahead, Miss Leah. Thank you so much, Janice, for your service. Good morning, everybody. My name's Leah, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. We're getting into the nitty-gritty here. There had been no fight. Where had been my high resolve? I simply didn't know. It hadn't even come to mind. A great read on January 2nd, you know, perhaps after a lot of New Year's resolutions for uh, compulsive overeaters. Um, you know, this is dealing with the greater aspect of the disease, which is the obsession of the mind. Bill is aware at this point uh, that he cannot drink alcohol. He realizes that um, once he takes alcohol into his system, he cannot stop. Of that much knowledge he has, um, it's this obsession of the mind, the greater aspect of the disease that is whipping him at this point because he is compelled to drink beyond his ability to control it. He knows he needs to stop. He knows his life is deteriorating. He knows um, his life is deteriorating faster than he could lower his standards. Uh, he's sleeping on the couch at his in-law's house. He cannot hold a job. His wife has to uh, 
be the breadwinner of the family. He realizes all that. He knows the consequences. He is suffering. He's in pain. There is a necessity here to stop. There is a wish to stop. And yet all that is not enough. The mental obsession is taking possession of him without his consciousness and without his permission because he is being driven by a compulsion. He cannot stay stopped. Bill will inevitably be once again possessed by the obsession and driven by the delusion. He is unaware of this lie and its consequences. He cannot stay stopped. He cannot stay stopped. It says, was I crazy? And this is a great introduction to the whole uh, element of insanity. You know, people think insanity means once Bill has ingested alcohol and then he's slurring his words, can't walk straight, and, you know, is uh, passed out on the couch. But the big book, when it talks about insanity, when it talks about crazy, it's talking about the insanity that takes control of us before we pick up. That is the insanity. Before we pick up, this, this inability to uh, see the truth about ourselves and to make decisions based on the truth. He cannot do that. Why? Because he's powerless. He's powerless. When he drinks alcohol, he loses control. When he doesn't drink alcohol, he loses control. This is the twofold nature of our disease, allergy of the body. Obsession of the mind, the greater aspect. The first part of the addiction, the allergy of the body, of course, he has an uncontrollable physical craving when he ingests alcohol. He's well aware of that. But now here's the greater aspect of the disease. He can't manage his life in relation to his powerless over alcohol. He cannot stay stopped. That's the obsession of the mind. You know, the big book says that's the baffling feature that we all have, this utter inability to leave it alone, no matter how great the necessity or the wish. He has the necessity. He has the wish. I relate to that. I had the necessity. I had the wish. I was obese. I was having medical consequences at a very young age. I had high cholesterol in my early 20s, high blood pressure, shortness of breath. My marriage was deteriorating. There were threats of divorce. I had mental torture. I had emotional turmoil. I was experiencing isolation, deep depression. I had suicidal thinking. I was suffering. I had the necessity. I had the wish. And yet I could not stay stopped. And what the big book is teaching us eventually, is that there is no mental defense against uh, this first drink. The defense has to originate from a higher power. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Leah. And go ahead, Sharon. Thank you, Janice. This is Sharon. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Okay, great. Thank you. Uh, thank you for everyone on the line, and thank you for everything I've heard this morning. This is Sharon, Recovered Compulsive Overeater in uh, Colorado. And, uh, oh, my gosh, these two paragraphs, i just making some notes here. I woke up. This had to be stopped. I, I saw I could not take so much as one drink. I was through forever. Shortly afterward, I came home drunk. There had been no fight. Where had been my high resolve? I simply did not know. It had not even come to mind. Was I crazy? And <clears throat> that's exactly where 
I was living again and again and again. And each time, you know, this this desire when you finally reach that point where again, like you know, this is insane. I can't keep doing this, but it keeps happening. It keeps happening. And I did not get that connection between the obsession of the mind and the um, physical allergy of the body. And that I, I, you know, I'm just so grateful today that I do see it. And I'm so grateful for the doctor's opinion and this meeting that just made that so uh, painfully soberingly clear to me um, a year ago last July when I began listening to this meeting. And, you know, it just takes me back to that um, last time, which was Christmas time of 2011, and I did have 10 months of abstinence. And, um, you know, I, I do remember I got angry at my daughter and walked right into the kitchen and saw those nuts on the table, shelled in shells like we used to have when I was a kid. And I, you know, oh, yeah, wow, look at those, just like I had as a kid. And off I went, and I was binging my brains out by the end of that day and waking up the next morning and calling my sponsor and saying, you know, oh, my gosh, I just, you know, this is what I did. And then I could not, could not get stopped. I could not even get abstinent. And it was so painful. Um, but I am just so grateful to be here today, to be abstinent. And I am so grateful that this morning I woke up and I am abstinent. What a difference. These 12 steps and being diligent to work these steps. And no, for me, it's life and death. I can't... Uh, I can't no longer say, oh, you know, it's it's not that big a deal. It's not that big a deal because that's what I kept telling myself. I was so deluded and my mind was so obsessed. So I'm so grateful that there is a spiritual solution that God can do for us what we cannot do for ourselves if we are willing to do what this book tells us to do and follow it diligently. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Janice. Thank you, Sharon. This is Larry. Well, this is Janice. Yes, go ahead, Larry. Hello. Oh, okay. Thanks so much. Hi, this is Larry, compulsive reader from Chicago. Just briefly, uh, the disconnect for me—I I identified in. You know, that's—I I hear the insanity in Bill's words. I knew, you know, that I had no control over this. Like, you know, like most people that are on this line. You know, there may be a few stragglers. I wasn't a straggler. My life was completely out of control, unmanageable. But even after getting on this line and, get, and, and really hearing the true message, um, the disconnect for me was despite the insanity, despite absolutely accepting I have an allergy of the body and an obsession of the mind, here's what I couldn't do. I couldn't, I didn't know it at the time, but I can say in retrospect, reflecting back, I didn't accept that working these steps as laid out in the big book would would bring about this this personality shift, this spiritual transformation, this complete psychic change. Those are all describing whatever words you wanna you you wanna use, you know, whatever words are comfortable for you, that's what that's what I couldn't accept. Now I didn't know it at the time. All I knew was I wouldn't work the steps as laid out in the big book. That's that's factual information. I'd, I'd, I'd dilly-dally. I'd kind of 
I'd, I'd stick my toes in the pool, you know, and then I'd pull them out and I'd say, my goodness, why haven't I had that spiritual awakening yet? Why haven't I, why am I still struggling with this? I've been hanging around here. I've been listening. I, I'm such a good reader, you guys. I really can read well and I can, I can even comprehend or so I thought. And then I could go out and teach about it. <laughs> How crazy was that? You talk about insanity for me. I'm going to go out and give away. What do I have to give away? Intermittent abstinence? That's a guy who, who didn't accept. Not necessarily that there was a power greater than myself. I, I believe that. But I didn't believe the disconnect for me again was that working these steps. How could it? It's not science to me. How could it work? Now, here's the last part. I don't know, but it did. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Larry. Well, this is Janice, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Shortly afterwards, I came home drunk. Shortly afterwards. You know, I, I hope that if you're on the line and you're looking for help with this, that you can relate to this. You know, how many times did I do this? How many times did I make these kinds of promises to myself and to other people? But shortly afterwards, I would pick up. Why is that? Why is that? You know, the progression of the disease. Can, can everyone please mute? If, you're, if your line is open, please mute. We're getting a lot of um, noise here on the line. Thank you so much. What happens in the progression of the disease? And Bill is not aware of it at this time. All he knows is it's happening to him. The progression of the disease is relentless. If you are like me and you suffer from this, then it is relentless. And I do so hope and pray that you get to that point that I got to. If you are a compulsive overeater like me, because it was demoralizing. I got to the point where I was depressed, where I was disappointed in myself again and again and again. But all of that had to happen for me to be done. For me to be done. And maybe that's your experience too here this morning. Maybe you're saying, where was my fight? Where was my resolve? It hadn't even come to mind, Bill says. Somebody pushed a drink his way and he picked up. Somebody steered you to the buffet table and you picked up. Somebody said, oh, I made this just for you and you picked up. Somebody said, just one, just one. Doesn't it look good? And you picked up. That was me. That was me. Was I crazy? Bill says, was I crazy? I began to wonder for such an appalling lack of perspective seemed near being just that. I didn't like that idea, that maybe I was crazy. Maybe I was crazy, but what else could it be? What else could it be? I'm a smart girl, I would say. I'm an educated girl. But self-knowledge and book knowledge and all the self-help programs in the world and all the diet programs and all the money that I paid, nothing was working. But you know what? It's exactly the place I had to get to. You are just where you're supposed to be, doing just 
what you're supposed to be doing, I was told. Thank God for that. Thank God for that. Because I had to do it over and over and over again until I didn't have to do it anymore. And Bill is in that place, stuck in that demoralizing, awful place. But you and I have a solution being presented to us. And Bill would have a solution presented to him as well. And with that, I'll pass. Would anyone else like to comment on this paragraph? This is Nicole. Can I share? Go ahead, Hi, my name's Nicole. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Colorado. Um, this is exactly where I was at, too, just um, having that high resolve, um, uh, you know, and that, that just promises that I'm never going to do this again and that this is the last time and um, the mental anguish that um, that I went through when I was here because it's just that, you know, like he says, was I crazy? I began to wonder for such an appalling lack of perspective seems near being just that. And just that, you know, where is my fight? Why can't I, why can't I stop? Where was my high resolve from yesterday or from this morning? Or, um, you know, and just that mental anguish just um, of making me feel so bad about myself because I can't, I can't stop, you know, and I don't have the willpower to stop. And, um, you know, this is where exactly where I needed to be, though, to finally finally give up my will that I can't do this on my own, that I am completely licked, you know, apart from help from God, um, you know, there's nothing I can do. And, um, you know, this was a, a, a horrible place for me to be mentally, but it was a very necessary place for me to finally reach to get to that bottom and to realize the truth about myself that, um, you know, how he had, he had said that um, he saw he could not take so much as one drink. I wasn't quite there at this point. I didn't quite have that, you know, self-knowledge, I guess. I, I still thought, well, you know, I can still have my, you know, sweet, for me it's, you know, sweet stuff, and I can still have this. It just needs to be you know, uh, natural sugars, it still, it just needs to be in, you know, the right proportions, it still needs to be in the right setting, um, so I still didn't have that self-knowledge about myself, but the mental anguish, um, I just, I never want to go back there, and I'm so grateful that there is a solution, and that, um, I'm living in it today, and with that, I'll pass, thank you. Thank you, Nicole. We have time for one more share on this paragraph. Is there anyone who would like to share? Debbie from Maine. Go ahead, Debbie. Hi, this is Debbie from Maine. Um, yeah, I can really relate to all the all the big book and especially the doctor's opinion and Bill's story. Um, a couple of years ago, I was regularly walking on a bridge and I had suicidal thoughts. I was going to jumped the bridge and I kept because I just couldn't get absent I just got depressed and sick and name it so the day came and I just happened to be sitting in the waterfront thinking okay this is it and one of my neighbors showed up and he said hey Debbie and I'm like oh so I told him the next day actually you saved my life but no it was God intervening and so what I wanted to say about, I went to the doctors um, 
quite a while ago on cholesterol and because um, it's sky high, and he told me right to my face, you're committing suicide slowly, and I didn't want to tell him what I was thinking about. So um, then I went back again. I said, okay, all right, I'll get this cholesterol under control. So I, I talked to him, and he said, okay, we'll take you take your blood and blah, 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 and, and we'll see how you look. And, and it was sky high again. And and I said, well, I really don't want to go on the medicine. He said, okay, I'll give you three months. That was last October. And three months, I, I still didn't listen. It's January now. Um, I decided recently um, I need help. I need more than just a doctor. I need spiritual help, and I need a sponsor, and I need to work these steps because my life is there on the edge. So recently, I have found a sponsor on the Vision for You, and um, I'm working the steps. I'm actually four days in, you know, being abstinent with God's help. It's not my help. Um, I'm a little shaky today. I'm nervous. Um, It's all going to work out because I know with the steps, um, and I know I have the allergy. I've known that for a long time. But I want to thank everybody for, I take lots of notes. I started taking notes quite a while ago. i got books and notes, and I love everybody, and thank you so much. This is Debbie from Maine. Thank you, Debbie. So glad you're here with us this morning. Well, we're at the end of our meeting time, so we'll close here. Thank you to everyone to everyone who shared today. Thank you to Marietta and Du for doing the steps and traditions. To Nancy T, Katie F, Julie R, Kathy K for being on our list of readers. And now we are going to uh, close with a reading from the big book on page 164, and we'll follow that with the serenity prayer. And Julie R, could you please read from a vision for you for us? Hi, this is Julie R., a recovered compulsive overeater. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you. Until then.